Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, April 27th, 2017, also known as National Prime Rib Day. So everybody, go ahead and hit pause. Oh, what were you going to say, Mike? Oh, nothing. I was just celebrating. Just drooling? It's a big day for me. <laughs> uh, just salivating or celebrating? Both. Okay. So yeah, everybody, uh, go ahead, hit pause on this episode, head down to Black Angus or Sizzler or whatever your favorite steakhouse is, get a nice, thick prime rib. Yep. And all right, I'll assume that you're back now. So hopefully that was tasty. <laughs> anyway, yeah. With How me as it? always. Oh, uh, mine was good. I had that horseradish dip or whatever yeah. it is. Man, Horsey that's sauce. good. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> with me as always is Mike, Mon- Mike Montgomery. Sorry, I can't say your name. From Hello. Modern Builds. There What's he is. Up? And unfortunately not with us is Ben Ueda. He had some other stuff he had to take care of today. I think he said he was prepping for like a um, prime rib eating contest or something like that. I don't remember. Something like that. It was really yeah. important, whatever it was. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes. So Mike, one of the reasons I wanted to introduce you there last week, my wife said to me that she felt bad because you always do such a good job introducing us, but then you forget to say your channel. So she felt oh. like you were getting like the short end of the stick or something. So I'm not modern builds, modern enough. builds, yeah. modern builds. There it is. <laughs> I'm at modern builds on Instagram. There you go. But anyway, yeah, so we got a two-man show today, so we figured we'd just uh, filled some of the questions that you guys have been sending in, kind of keep it casual, conversational. Uh, Keep it light. Keep it light, yeah. It's going to be heavy enough with the prime rib, so we got to have a light (laughs) conversation. So yeah, I guess we can just jump right into it if you're ready, Mike. I'm, I'm ready. All right. I'm pumped. Why don't we start, you know what, why don't we start with the hypothetical, just because remember last week I forgot the person's name who, who asked the the question about uh, what we wanted to do with the Making It podcast, guys. I feel you, but so, I got to say, I don't want to criticize your like interim hosting skills, but you forgot. Uh-huh. We didn't talk about what we're working on this week. Oh, well, I'm not so working close. on anything, you were so there. I'm skipping it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what are you working on? Uh, this week, I've got two projects, which kind of goes along with, I think, our first pr- uh, topic. I am, one, working on my two-by-four challenge, which oh, is coming challenge, along yep. well. It should be, we should all be posting our videos, I think, on Wednesday. That's my fault. Uh, I'm taking longer than I should. We were going to do it on the 1st, but we're going to do it on the 3rd now. Yep. Um, but it's coming along cool. Still kind of want to keep it a little bit of a surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into too much detail. And then secondly, which this was kind of a little bit of a funny story. Uh, I've been planning to build a ladder, like, bookshelf. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The ones that, it's, like, lean against the wall? Exactly. Yeah. I've been wanting to kind of build one of those for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. I was going to start uh, probably it was either this weekend or early this week, something like that. And the day before I went to go get my materials, I saw that April Wilkerson was literally going to build one. She was showing her like uh, SketchUp model on Instagram. And I was like, oh, dang, oh. I don't want to be like the guy that does the yep. same, pro- even though it was unintentional. So I switched up my design. I'm still building a ladder bookshelf. But instead of just having, for lack of better terms, a single ladder that leans against the wall, I'm building yep. it to where there's basically two ladders that connect at an A-frame, and then the shelves kind of go between those. Okay. Kind of see what I'm saying? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. I think I've seen some stuff. So how big is it? Like, how tall uh, are we talking? I think it's about six feet tall oh, wow. and about three feet wide. Okay, yeah. See, I think I've seen some that are kind of like what you're describing that are shorter and longer, but I've never seen a tall one like that, so that should be interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of them are kind of a little more squatty, but... Yeah, the space mine's going in is is pretty narrow. I got plenty of room up. I just don't have yeah. a lot of room out, so it's kind of nice. one of those situations. But uh, but yeah, it's coming along cool. I know last week I said I wasn't going to be building a lot of stuff out of like 
Home Depot, like Douglas fir, but that is uh-huh. exactly what I'm building it out of. And it's going well. I don't know why I was getting critical of it last week. I've been working with it and it, it's fine. Like wood is wood. It's all good. What is wood? It's all good. Exactly. So what are you working didn't on? Know it. So I got, um, I finished up the two by four challenge this, this weekend, oh, wait. which what? How was your 5k? Oh, <laughs> it was good. I'll just it say was it nothing. was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a breeze, man. Yeah. Didn't even break a sweat. Just walking, <laughs> went through the whole thing, eating a prime rib. Cool yep. as a cucumber. <laughs> um, yeah, so I finished off the the uh, the two two by four challenge. Um, interesting, came out cool. You know, it it worked out, so that's always a positive. I definitely have some thoughts on it, but again, we'll save those because I think what we're probably going to do next week, because that will be after we put out our videos, we're all just going to kind of give our reflections on our build. So yeah, I won't get too into it. Kind of comment on each other's. Yeah. Comment on our own and and comment on each other's and just, it'll it'll be interesting. I can't wait to see what you guys are going to build too. Um, And then uh, we've already had a few people like tagging us in, in posts for things that they've been building. So that's awesome. So can't wait to see more of those as well. Um, other than that, I'm actually kind of, I, I have everything that I was working on pretty much wrapped up. So now I got to start brainstorming for my next set of projects. I, I don't know why I tend to do it in like groups of three. I don't know if the, the way that I work is like, I'll usually get like a little bout of depression when like, I don't have anything to work on or like, I can't think of anything. And then I'll kind of like have a spark. So it's kind of like the calm before the storm. Right. And I'll come up with like three or four projects all at the same time and then kind of figure out when I'm going to work on them. So I have a couple that are percolating right now and it's, I just need to sit down and kind of draw them out. So I'm probably going to take some time and do that over the next couple of days and then figure out what order to build them in and, and get working on them. So not sure exactly. I, I probably won't have anything to work on this weekend, unfortunately, but we'll, we'll see if I can think of something good in the next like day or two, then I will. You put out another, let's talk about design video too, didn't you? I did. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested to see like, so, Okay. I noticed like if you look at my analytics that it actually kind of slowed down my growth when I put videos like that (laughs) out because I think there's a lot of like at least the more casual fans of the channel Mm -hmm. they probably anytime they see what they're not expecting which is just a project video they're mad or disappointed or whatever but I think that the people that are the true fans of the channel they actually like those videos I get a lot of positive feedback from them and like I know they tend to like I I tend to see a little bump in like Patreon and stuff like that that's you know like the more uh hardcore type fan i guess um yeah i dig them i think they're i think they're a lot of fun yeah i think i feel like a lot of people get something from them i get a lot of positive comments about them they're they're you know it's a change of pace it's something to do to kind of plant the seed for maybe future things that i could do down the road so i'll definitely keep doing them despite the the little decrease in subscribership that it creates but you can't are you seeing people is it that people are when they see them they're unsubscribing or is it people like you just no, really? no, no. Like, yeah, I noticed like a few, like, you know, you can look at like your unsubscribe statistics. So mm-hmm. like the, the ag, you know, the net is still positive and it's just a, a slight decrease, but it definitely does cause some people to unsubscribe. That's funny. I, I yeah. think that's, I think that's so funny. I guess, I don't know. People just living on the edge. It's like, it's, it's, they're living video by video. It's yeah. like, if this one's not fire, I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know that, um, like on making it podcast, I know Jimmy talked about it a little bit when he started doing more vlogging that he saw some decreases. And I know, uh, David's talked about it when he kind of switched up his format that he saw decreases, but I think it's one of those things, you know, you, you do what you enjoy doing. And so if you enjoy doing them, 
I don't think it's hurting the channel much, and I think that it. I think I it's think actually it's hurting the channel. Yeah, no, I don't I think, think, think it's, it's a net it. positive. I think yeah. it's a net positive, and I think that people take something away from it, and it's good to just keep doing it in the long run. Yeah, and I think that's a big part about it because a lot of people, even people that build things great, a lot of people kind of do struggle with design. Right. That's kind of a comment and a question I get quite a bit, and I know you probably get it a lot more than I do even. Yeah, I so I think, that's, I think that's a good thing is, you know, it kind of lets people in on some of the things just to look out for when, you know, when it comes to proportion or this or that, like some kind of things to steer away from or like just right. to keep into consideration. So, yeah, yeah for I, sure. think, I, I think they're a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely keep doing them. Good. So uh, I guess we can <laughs> now let's jump in, jump back to that hypothetical. So n- let me let's thank last week's contributor who was baker 0087 there we go that was from uh that's why he doesn't have a real name is because it was from instagram so yeah thank you baker <laughs> um and i guess let's get into this week so it's not like a crazy hypothetical too much it's it's more of just a regular kind of question but mm-hmm. it comes in from also from instagram so minty bacon minty bacon asks how much wood would woodworking be a part of it sounded like I was going to do the woodchuck. I was about to say, what a woodchuck yeah. chuck. How much wood would a woodchuck <laughs> no, How much would woodworking be a part of your life had you not gone the YouTube slash content creator route? Mm, okay. You want to take yeah, it first, Yeah, I guess I'll Mike? go on it. Yeah, go I'll for go it. for it. Uh, I would definitely still be making things, but not to the extent that I am now. I mean, I just, I wouldn't have time, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I was making, I was making things before I was making YouTube videos, but the funny thing about it was whenever I started a YouTube channel, I had been wanting to start a YouTube channel for about like a year at least, a, a channel that I could really like dedicate time to and try and yeah. be professional at it, you know? Right. And I had for like that time span of a year, I had like five or 10 channel ideas that I thought were like, ooh, this is it. This is this is this is bomb. It's going to work for sure. But I didn't really ever pull the trigger until yeah. one day I was like, listen, I've been building tables and guitar pedal uh, boards and speaker cabinets and all these kind of things like crazy over the past like three months before I started the channel. I said, yeah. I'm already spending all this time. This? Yeah, I'm spending all this time. Why I've got camera gear. Why am I not filming it? So, so yeah. you're saying you were thinking of starting other kinds of YouTube channels. Exactly. I was thinking okay. YouTube before I was thinking YouTube woodworking, okay. but I just hadn't found like that pair. So, I mean, I would still be, yeah, it was just one of those like, come on, you dingus, why aren't you recording this stuff? So, yeah, I would definitely still be making things, not to the extent I am now, and I definitely wouldn't have progressed as quickly as I am. I think there's a pretty obvious progression in terms of like quality of what I'm making and just general skill level. So I definitely would still be a lot more of a beginner rather than like intermediate beginner intermediate that I would consider. Yeah, I mean, you're basically forcing yourself to do it more than you would have otherwise. So you're getting better. Yeah. So overall, it's definitely a positive because I'm I'm a better woodworker for it. But then again, who knows what I could have gotten into if I wasn't committing, you know, seven days a week to building things. So it's one of those double edged things like who knows what I could have become. No, (laughs) No, I'm totally happy with it. But yeah, what about you? Some parallel universe out there. You're like stripping right now. (laughs) <laughs> I hope You're not, got, man. Gotten on the pole. <laughs> um, hey, as long as I'm good at it, you know, I'll take it now. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's a... Uh, well, obviously, so I was woodworking before I came to YouTube because I was building commission pieces. Now, I don't know that I would have kept doing that because I did feel like I kind of hit my limit in terms of what I could do. 
it definitely never got to the point where it was busy enough for me to take it full time. I mean, you know, maybe if, so maybe who knows, maybe I would have kept just doing what I was doing for several more years until I like built up the clientele where I could go full time with it. But I don't know. I, the more that I think about it, like I think at that time, part of me thought that that's what I wanted to do, but maybe like in the back of my mind, I didn't really want to. Cause as I had said before, YouTube was something I'd always been interested in doing. And I just waited too long or just kept not doing it because I had commission pieces to build. But, um, yeah, had I not done it, like I, part of me wants to say that I might've quit doing commission pieces to focus more on regular career stuff. And I definitely, yeah, I mean, that's what it seemed like from what I've, you know, what we've talked about before was like when you started YouTube, it was kind of like a crossroads where you were kind of getting bored of doing the same pieces over and over. I was, yeah. Kind of wanted to find a way to like make it interesting. Yeah. It was my way to, to make it interesting. And what was interesting at the time actually is when, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not, but when I was making that transition and you know, people, family, friends, that kind of thing would ask about it. And I would tell them, oh yeah, I'm going to quit taking orders and do YouTube. Like I felt like they were looking at me kind of like it was like a cop out. Like it was like, oh, like you were trying to make furniture and like it didn't work out. And so now you're just trying something else. So I felt like, and and, I had no idea how it was going to go. Like, you know, I honestly thought like if you would have asked me at that time how it was going to go, I would have said like, oh, like I'm going to spend the first year making videos that like 200 people are going to watch. That's how (laughs) I honestly thought that it was going to go. And, and I was just like telling myself, you know, you just got to power through those times and keep doing it and make good stuff. And eventually it'll catch on. So luckily I was able to kind of a lot quicker. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily I was able to kind of like justify the decision. Not that Mm -hmm. I had to, to those people, but justify it at least to myself, um, sooner than later. But yeah, I think I definitely, I, I think honestly, I probably would have stepped back from the commission builds and done it more as a hobby to make it more enjoyable and to be able to continue to progress in my skills and then separately just focused more on career stuff in terms of, you know, furthering myself in life. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a question that kind of piggybacks on what we were talking about. I get a lot and I didn't even bring this up earlier. So this is, this is a fresh question for you. Okay. I get the question all the time about people that want to start YouTube channels. And I think you're a great person to talk to because you've had you you bumped really quick. And I think and I'm going to go ahead and kind of talk on it. But I want you to, you know, follow up on it it. is I get people asking me all the time, like, I want to start a YouTube channel. A, do you got do you just have any advice? And B, you know, what kind of videos should I be trying to do when I start? And I try and give them something I try and give a pretty like straight answer to like everybody. And I usually always say is spend a lot of time on your first video, but don't put that video out until you have a couple more, a couple more videos that are also good. So like spend a month even making a killer video that you, that like you just don't even think could be any better, but don't put it out, build a couple more things that are still cool, but maybe, you know, going to be like more on par for what the rest of your channel will be right and upload those and then upload your like your fire video that you think is really going to catch on because yeah i think you want to go go for it you got it. well yeah we kind of talked about it before that's really good advice because like we were saying my first video did do really well but i feel like i didn't capitalize off of it because it was kind of like all right i watched that video now what do i do and there was no new video for a month after that sorry that's (laughs) i just wanted to interject i think we might have talked about that a little bit before but did uh, we? Go ahead. Okay, my bad. 
Maybe I'll just cut this whole I, part out because I didn't realize we no, already talked about it. <laughs> I, I think I'd mentioned that part, but I, I don't think we talked about all this. We had just talked okay. about that part of um, not capitalizing on something. I think that was kind of how we got into it. But I do get that question a lot from people. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big things is that it can be very intimidating going into it um, because you know you feel like you're putting yourself out there and you're going to be judged. And, and that's true to a certain extent. Um, but I think what you should really do and what I tried to do when I started is just really focus on the things you can control. And Mm -hmm. so the thing that you can control is doing what you're good at. So making the best thing that you can, making the most interesting project that you can, and just kind of coming at it from the approach of, well, what would I want to see? Or, you know, maybe what are people, what is there a a hole? Mm -hmm. Like what niche isn't being filled that I can fill right now? So yeah. what can you bring unique to the table? What's your unfair advantage? And focusing advantage? on that. Yeah. Yeah, your unfair advantage. There you go. Your, your competitive edge or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then not and, – and, and focusing on that mostly. And while, yeah, you do have to worry about like all the analytical stuff and all the other things that go with running a YouTube channel, you don't have to worry about that right off of the bat. I think that's stuff that you'll start doing as you do it. But – you know, having the best idea of what to do in terms of analytics and all that stuff means nothing if you don't have those good projects to back it up. Exactly. Like, you know, that's yeah. what everything is built around. So make sure that you're focused on that core important thing. And I think that goes beyond starting a YouTube channel. I think that goes with everything. There's so many people, they're starting a business or whatever they're doing. And they're so worried about all these ancillary facts that, you know, like, having the coolest business card in the world doesn't really mean anything. It's nice, but like you got to have a good business first. So (laughs) worry about the business, then worry about the business card, I guess is kind of a weird way to say that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I just wanted to kind of, I don't know. I just wanted to get your perspective on that because I know it's a question I get a lot and yeah, I get a lot too. And I'm sure that a lot of, I'm sure it's something that a lot of the people that listen to this think about everybody kind of I think everybody who's a maker and watches podcasts probably has that kind of in the back of their head is like, oh, I should try doing this. And you should. Yeah. Why not? You should. I, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Let's go into some of the questions. Let's do it. That people wrote in, I suppose. First one comes in from John Merritt. And he says, he asks a bunch of questions. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Then we'll figure <laughs> out exactly. But he said, the, the basics okay. are, what do you think about Ikea? Would you buy Ikea furniture? Do you think their stuff is furniture at its worst or its best? And then he goes into a bunch of it. I think that's probably enough. That gets to the heart of the question. Okay. So, so yeah, I have bought IKEA furniture before a I. little bit. I'm not ashamed of Me it. Me neither. Because I think this is my whole perspective on IKEA. Two things. A, they're bringing great design uh-huh. to a demographic that it would not be accessible to otherwise. Right. I mean, you're getting like relatively high-end, modern, kind of Danish-influenced furniture mm-hmm. that's way cheaper than you would have ever been able to buy it if it's something that was made out of solid wood or made like domestically. Right. So I think that's really awesome because it's just elevating design uh-huh. just in, a, in, at the, in the most like broadest sense. Right. Um, and then B... Uh, yeah, I, I do hate the fact that it's like lowered the the perceived value of furniture right. and like the perceived value of design. So it's a double edged sword. It's like, yeah, it's making more people aware of good design. It's making more people aware of just like functional, good looking furniture. But it's also making them think that good looking, functional furniture should cost really cheap. 
when it when it shouldn't, especially when you're making it by hand. No, I think that those are two really good points. I think, yeah, that's the one negative from it. And that's only really from a very, you know, a small perspective that I would have, like, you know, when I was making commissioned furniture that it kind of ruins yeah. people's perception of the value. So to them, I think a lot of times in their head, it's like, oh, this dresser from Ikea is $300. Well, if I get this guy to custom make it, it's going to be $800 when in reality, uh-huh. you know, it's something like that, that I, w- I would probably have charged like $3,000 for. And I think that maybe they don't, I, I always try, you know, I didn't get upset by that. You could kind of gauge pretty quickly when someone contacted you, like if this was somebody who was serious about custom furniture um, right. or not. But yeah, I, I don't begrudge Ikea at all. Kind of what you were saying. I think that a lot of their stuff's really awesome looking. Like I was looking mm-hmm. at a chair that they recently came out with. It's just, it's got wooden legs and like an upholstered kind of looks like it's like upholstery over bent lamination uh, mm, top. Yeah, and it's like, one. if I'd made something like that, I would be very proud to yeah, have that as a I'd thumbnail on my on channel. It, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they make awesome looking stuff, especially if you look at, you know, when they kind of became popular, it was a design style that was not that popular at all. And now you see a lot of other, you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if living spaces is regional. That's something that's out in Southern California. That's like a cheap furniture no. place. But like, if you okay. look at the type of furniture that they're doing, like they're doing a lot more modern type stuff now. So a lot of places have kind of like, uh, copied or not copied, but been, uh, influenced by the type of things that Ikea is doing. Um, the other thing is, I mean, well, so yeah, the designs, a lot of their designs are great on some of their pieces. The materials might be kind of cheap, um, right. But a lot of them, they're fine. Like I have a, when, when my wife gave birth, we bought a little, uh, well, not when she gave birth, but slightly before <laughs> I, I was out at Ikea. While she, Hold on, baby. I'm on, I'm on Ikea. I'll be right back. Hold yeah. it. Um, yeah. We got like a little kind of, it's not rocking chair, but it kind of like, I think it's called a powong or poeng or something like that. It's like a yeah. bouncy kind of chair. It's made out of hardwood. It's, I mean, the quality is perfectly fine. The other thing is I think when people do look at Ikea negatively, it's kind of unfair. So this is, uh, I'll kind of step outside of Ikea and, and explain this. So I found like when I'm talking to smart people, there's there's two kinds of smart people. There's the kind of people who are intelligent and they realize that not everybody is on their same level. And so they're more um, accepting of that. Right. And then there's some people who like get mad that everybody in the world is not as smart as them or doesn't think the way that they yeah. think. And so- a good analogy would kind of be like a movie reviewer. Like I always get mad when you see movie reviews for movies that are like supposed to be dumb, but then the critic Mm -hmm. judges it like from the same vantage point that they would, they would critique Schindler's list from, but like, you know, take a movie like, right. This might be too, too old for you. But when I was a little kid, I loved blood sport. I don't know if you remember that movie at all. I know what it is. I've never seen it. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, a, by all accounts, I'm sure it's a bad movie. Like, you know, in terms of script yeah, writing and all, yeah, critically, it's not a good movie, but to a eight year old Chris Salamone, that's exactly what the doctor <laughs> ordered. It's the best movie ever. Yeah, you get, it's, 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 it's what you wanted to see. So I feel like things should be judged on, on what they're meant to fulfill. So you shouldn't judge Ikea from, against the same standards as you would a $5,000 high end piece of fancy furniture. It should be judged for what yeah. it is and for cheap furniture that anybody can afford in their first apartment it's pretty awesome yeah i think i what you just said is a really because i mean compare ikea like go to walmart right and then go to ikea yeah 
it's the same price range, mm-hmm. but you're going to see like just generally it's going to be drastically better yeah. at IKEA. Looking and in just terms of being quality. innovative and everything. Yep. So, yeah, IKEA is great. It's got its negatives, but everything does. By the way, we should mention our sponsor for this episode, which were IKEA and Black <laughs> Angus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is Black Angus regional? That's IKEA.com. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Slash uh, Modern Maker. Yeah, get your 100% off it's, your first order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, hopefully we're not legally tied to any of this. I hope not. All right, we will edit that out then. No. All right, I guess we can move on to another question. So this one comes in from Anne-Marie uh, Rostang. I'll say that's the last name, Rostang, maybe. That's a good one. I like it. (laughs) It's got some flair to it. So she says, I find it very difficult to focus on one thing until it is finished when it comes to creating for myself or learning my craft. I feel very frustrated with myself and that I let all the ongoing unfinished projects accumulate. My question to you is, what is your process for staying focused on what you are working on? And do you work on things at the same time? Or how do you... How do you manage inspiration for other projects while you're working on something? That's essentially what she's asking. Interesting. Well, I think I think we kind of have a little bit of a cop out for that answer because we're obligated because That's we've got to make the video for it. That's you know what I mean? Point, yeah. um, and not to mention, like, if we post it on Instagram, people are going to be expecting the video at some point in the future. Right. They're going to ask us about it if they don't see yep. it. So so there's definitely that. But I, I've never really worked on multiple projects at once. Yeah. And I've and I'm doing it now. I'm working on the uh, the shelf I was talking about as well as the two by four project. And I'm definitely kind of feeling the like, okay, what do I have next on this? And like, did I make sure and sand everything before I glued it up on that? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of feeling that a little bit. So I definitely can. uh, What's the word? Sympathize to that like idea of getting a little bit like overwhelmed or confused, making sure you're on task with everything. Right. Um, But when it comes to managing like design inspiration while you're building something else that's something that i've been really appreciative that i've started sketching right is i've got a book full of ideas and if i ever have a new idea i've already set aside time every day to sketch it before i go to bed every day i sketch for 30 minutes if i don't have an idea great i just sit and stare at a blank page until something comes to me or I just like doodle until something comes to me, whatever it is. Like I just set aside 30 minutes to try and either put to paper what I've been thinking about all day or trying to force myself to be a little bit more creative. And I think that's the easiest way. Yeah. Especially since kind of you were talking about getting like inspiration and spurts Mm -hmm. when you do have that dry spell you've got a whole book of ideas that you can go back to and be like, oh, I totally forgot I had this idea for a spice rack or I had this idea for whatever it is. Right. Let's go build it. You know what I mean? I was excited about it then. Then I forgot about it. But, you know, you might be just as excited when you remember it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point too. Um, kind of what you were talking about, it being actually a positive for doing what we're doing. Um, because, and we've talked about this a little bit before too, but how a lot of times actually building something does trigger a lot of new ideas. So does, for us, yeah. that's uh, for some people that could be a negative because then maybe you think you had a better idea and now you just want to abandon whatever you're working on and jump to the next one. But for us, it's just like, oh, cool, there's another idea for another video. So yeah, from that perspective, it's a positive. I also, I tend not to work on multiple things at the same time, mostly just from a, a, a space limitation point of view. It's just really hard mm-hmm. um, to... You know, when I'm working on a piece, especially if it's a large piece, I usually have pieces all over the place. Even Sometimes if it's a really big piece, I'll actually go and put 
like the pieces that are finished that are not assembled yet in our spare bedroom in the house just because I don't want them laying around the shop. I don't want to accidentally knock into them or damage them or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could just imagine if I had like three projects going, that would be a nightmare. Like I would need a big yeah. shop and maybe to if do you build it. Yeah. And maybe if you built smaller things, but like when you're building furniture pieces, yeah. I, I feel you, especially I assume I'm going to assume you're a lot like more organized in the shop than I am. But like halfway through a project, like all of my tools are not where they should be. Right. I've got sawdust everywhere and I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. I've got to clean before I can do anything else. You yeah, know I, I mean? definitely hit those. I. I usually try to like if it's a long work day, like if I if I did like a, you know, a nine hour, nine hours of building mm-hmm. where like I really got things out of place at the end of the day, I'll usually just like I'm just going to put everything back where it goes just so I can start because I don't know. I just feel happy when I walk into that clean shop the next day and I feel like I can work better. So I, I am yeah. fairly organized. I try to kind of take the time to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's just inevitable that when you're working on something you're not going to go put everything away. You're just going to set it there. It's funny. I think we think that we're better than we are too. You think like, oh, I'll set it right here. Oh, I'll yeah. remember. You're not going to remember. <laughs> You'll <laughs> no. definitely forget. You're going to hunt for that pencil that you yeah. know is right here forever yep. instead of going just get one from the stack. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, to to her question, actually where I have more problem is what she's talking about on a macro level, at least in my life in the past, where I would have a hobby and then a new hobby I would become interested in and I would want to just like totally change courses and go on that. And I think having the YouTube channels definitely helped me because I feel like I have an obligation to continue doing this and see where it goes. Um, But yeah, I've always kind of, I, I don't know, I think all of us are probably the same way where we're curious people where you just find about some new thing and you want to go do it and you want to try it and you want to see what you're capable of. So I've definitely had a problem from that perspective in terms of just jumping around interests, you know, from music to filming things to woodworking to all the different things that I've been into in my life. And I used to look at it as like a negative that, oh, man, I didn't dedicate myself to that enough. And I jumped onto this. Where could I have been in that? But now with YouTube, I feel like it's all of those interests have kind of culminated in this, you know, the movie making films and stuff all makes for or gives me the ability to make a better youtube video and and more quickly so it's it's been a a net positive for sure let's see the next one comes in from alex aria i think that's how you say it and that's a i don't know if you watch game of thrones but that's a character aria so i'll say that that's right um (laughs) how do you get rid of your wood scraps Ooh, you want me Um, oh you got it Go for it. Yeah, I've been going first. Yeah. You get it. So that actually kind of goes back into the last question about keeping organized. So I think that a lot of woodworkers are hoarders just because, mm. I mean, if for nothing else, the scraps, you have all these like off cuts <laughs> that you're like, oh, that's big enough to do something with. And luckily I don't turn small things because I think that really makes you go down the rabbit hole of holding onto every single little piece like, oh, that could be a pen or oh, that yeah. could be a spoon or whatever. Um, I'm pretty good in my regular life and my woodworking life of not hoarding things and just being like, okay, I don't need this. I'm not going to use this and throwing it away. So, um, with my scraps, what I tend to do is I'll keep anything that's like a big chunk that I know I can use. Or if I have like Mm -hmm. long skinny pieces, I'll tend to keep those. And you can probably see them in my videos. They're just in the back corner in this like cardboard barrel. Cause I can use those for a lot of like hardwood edging and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good about getting rid of it. I always, I do kind of have that on the back burner all the time of like, Oh, I'm going to keep all my good scraps. And then eventually I'll make a project that's just scrap pieces, but then I never get around to doing it. So 
Yeah. I think from... I think I'm the same way is like the speakers I made, that was all left over from like my past two projects. Yeah. And the thing that I've figured out is I'm not going to use my scraps until unless I use them really like before I can set them away to be stored. Right. Like once they're once they're in the back corner, like I've I've kind of got the same thing. It's like a back corner where I've got a bunch of scraps. Mm-hmm. Once it's in that back corner, it's gonna be there for a long time unless for some reason I get it I get to it. Right. So that was kind of like my thing was I was like, okay, I've got these scraps. This is plenty to make stuff. I'm gonna set I'm gonna just use it now. I'm not gonna put it back because I'm not if I put it back, it's right. just gonna stay back there. You know it's funny, I have like these couple of pieces of plywood that are good size like you can definitely get a lot out of them and mm-hmm. i'm always like oh this will be perfect for next time like this is a cool looking piece and next time i'm doing a plywood box this will make for the top and then um i never use it though i always end up yeah. like just being like well i might as well use it all out of this one sheet because it's all gonna match yeah exactly that's, that's the biggest part is it's like this one's gonna be like a tiny bit darker than this one and it's like yeah. oh, if i'm gonna build this thing i might as well just build it i might as well build it right and make everything out of the same out yeah. of the same sheet so it looks good but it's just like maybe i should just start saying like okay i'm gonna use this thing for a bottom where it, it doesn't it, yeah. need to match mm-hmm. but yeah I, you just need like, a stack of plywood for your bottoms my power <laughs> bottom stack that's what we'll call it hashtag um i don't know you're gonna see some weird stuff on that hashtag. actually you know what uh this i I actually just watched it today um johnny brook he put out a a pretty cool project he built the end table out of his scraps did you check that one i saw that too yeah it was pretty cool yeah i did that's a good use of scraps right there yeah so everybody go watch that video it's an end table it's um it's kind of similar to a table that kyle toth made where he I forget yeah. what he called mm-hmm. it. But where it kind of like cascades on Yeah, those. yeah. I remember he did his like with that black stuff where he carves it out. But yeah, it's that same kind of idea. Um, and it was similar to like an end grain cutting board he even said in the video, just like yeah. with long pieces basically. So yeah. Exactly, yeah. Do that with your scraps. Check that out if you haven't. It's on uh, Crafted Workshop. Yeah, yep. yeah that's, that's a good one. All right, Chris. So I know we already did a hypothetical, but it's tradition. We got to do another. So do you have one? I got one. And it's kind of- You do? Okay, good. It's kind of a two-parter. So Eridat- recently Ooh. wrote in i don't know how to say it but i'll just guess that's right it says <laughs> if you had to throw away one of your pieces into a fire you had to burn one of the pieces you built which one okay. and why and then that kind of let's make it a two-parter because somebody else had asked if we could only save one of our pieces from a fire which oh, one would it be okay. and why so let's do which piece we would save and which piece we would throw away that we've built okay i answered the last hypothetical first so you do okay. this one first well i'll start with the piece that i'll save so yes. I think I would save the Bad Larry, uh, which is the okay. trapezoidal one, just because I built like 10 of those things and nine <laughs> of them were to sell and only uh-huh. one of them was for me. And when I built it, it was kind of the idea that this is the last one that I'm going to build, hopefully, or probably. So yeah. um, I Unless it gets burnt. Unless it gets burnt. In a fire. Then I'll, then I'll have to build another <laughs> one. But I'm going to save it from the fire because it, it's also the piece that I think is probably the best piece that I'd put on my channel so far and was mm-hmm. always like my most, one of my most popular pieces when I was selling things. So I, I feel it's like my defining piece so far I agree, in my yeah. woodworking career. So that's the one that I would save. All right. So what do you, what are you burning? <clears throat> what I would burn would be probably the bad Larry, which is the trapezoidal piece that I, no, just, <laughs> uh, I would, uh, burning is, man, that's a tough one. I would say, even though it isn't released yet, maybe the two by four project. 
yeah. would be the one that I would build just because <laughs> it's probably of the bigger, well, or maybe, you know, okay, I'll change that. I'll burn the, not that I think it was a bad project, but I'll burn the, um, the simple wall organizer yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, I think I could reproduce it really quickly. And two, okay. because I do plan to reproduce it to do another video on it because um, I have a simpler way to build it that I think could be more approachable to more people. So I'm planning wow, on okay. doing that in the next couple of months at some point when I get some time. So that would be the piece that I'd burn just so that I could replace it and not have to have two. Right. How about you? Well, I was thinking about what I would burn mm-hmm. and I feel I, I just ran through my list of videos. I'm like, man, there's actually a few things I would burn, <laughs> burn it all. I've been <laughs> I think that's just because I've been making videos for like two years now and so the early stuff. I would burn a lot of it. But uh, but what I would save is the the egg table that I made with the turbo plane. Yeah. That one just, it took too much time to, that I would not really probably want to build it again. Um, and yeah, it was just something I was kind of like just generally proud of. I think it's neat. And, you know, I was, I leaned over it for so long building it, like my back was on fire the next day. So yeah. I don't want to go through that again. You don't want um, it to be on fire like your back. Exactly. Yep. Little, little double, double. <laughs> entendre. What is, that? is that a double entendre? I don't know if it actually is. I think so. Except for sometimes I think, I don't know if entendres are supposed to be sexual in nature, but yeah, I think it's that's kind a of double was, meaning. Right. Yeah. That's why I was halfway not wanting to say <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to say something and be, and fire be totally back. What's off. that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but what I would burn, I would burn, there's two things that I would burn. Okay. One, I made a, uh, a firewood rack. Oh. I just think it would be ironic. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and really be. easy to build again. It, it, it took a, it basically took a day and to And you didn't, you also kind of use and that I treatment, burn- yeah, where you burn it with the torch <laughs> to darken yep. it. So there you go. It already has yeah. been burned. Exactly. Which I need to do that again. That's it's a really cool way to make like a really good black surface mm-hmm. and still keep some interesting texture. Yeah, I gotta try it. So, I've never done it before. Yeah, I need to. I need to think of something to use that again because it's fun. And then the second thing I would burn is the bat house. Okay, I've had it up and no bats have come to live. Really? In it. So <laughs> no, I don't know if I built. I mean, I don't think I built it wrong. I did a lot of research. Now, and do I you see bats in your area? Well, not a lot. Well, that could be the problem. <laughs> that could be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just, I felt like I made a very inviting bat house. But they're just I not didn't even up paint on it. it black and ugly. Like I, I made sure the inside was dark, uh-huh. but the outside of it looks inviting and homey. And I don't know the the bats just aren't going for they're it. They're just not fans. Should have put of a, like a little welcome mat at the at the bottom. Maybe bats are not <laughs> bats are not fans of modern design. I guess. I guess not. They just they want a little bit more traditional of a bat house. Also, did you say a welcome mat or a welcome bat? Both. Okay. Good. <laughs> just have a little bat that just kind of flies around yeah. and lets all the other bats know it's cool that there's here, a really man. good bat house just a little ways away. Um, it looks yeah. great. You got to get like a semi-celebrity bat. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> hype up, yeah. hype up your bat club. Exactly. Um, but now let me ask you this. Maybe then. I just need to move it. I don't know. Hey, uh, real talk. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the podcast listeners. Okay, go if for any it. of you guys are bat people, yeah, not like Batman, but just like <laughs> a Batman into bats, um, into bats. You know, not a vigilante dressed as a Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys know about how to make a bat house more effective, let me know. I think, I mean, I did a lot of research online in terms of where I should have put it and the dimensions, and I think I'm pretty spot on. But if you've got any good advice, hit me up because I would love to have bats in my bat house. So thanks in advance. There All you right. go.
You're gonna get flooded with emails, buddy. <laughs> I, I hope. No, I have a. I, I actually have a follow up question about. So the thing that you kept, which was the egg table. Now, yes. Did you choose that because it's your favorite thing that you've built, or just because you had so much time invested in it? Mm, I would say like fifty fifty. Uh it's a lot of it is I don't want to build it again, uh-huh. just because. It was a lot of work. And I think, honestly, if I were to build it again, I could build it so much faster. Uh-huh. Just because that was my first time using the turbo plane. I was using a battery-powered angle grinder for the first, like, three quarters of it, which yep. I didn't realize didn't have the, like, just torque that a, that one that you plug in has. Uh-huh. So I, was, I wasn't eating away at it as quickly. And I was just swapping batteries left and right. And you did kind of... Wasn't that the one that you built twice? Because... The SD card failure that affected me so much. <laughs> yeah, I know for real. <laughs> like I still have nightmares yep. over that. But yeah, I built it like two thirds of the way, and then I built it way too big, and then the SD card failure just like gave me the validation that like yes, yep. I do need to restart. It's destiny telling me I need to start over because yep. it was just like I don't know. I guess it could have been like a coffee table version, but for an end table, it was way too chunky. Okay. Um. So it might have worked as a coffee table. I don't know, but. Either way. Now, what did you do with that better. one that didn't work out? Did you burn it? I didn't. Oh. I should have. <laughs> Go burn it. You <laughs> no, got I still it now. have it. It's just like on the side of my shop. It's like three, like two thirds of the way done. I say you burn All it. All it needs. Yeah. I've got the top of it shaped. I've got the legs cut out, but I don't have the legs like formed. Okay. I cut the legs with the chainsaw, but I haven't gotten to them with the angle grinder okay. yet. So, so it just needs some refining. It needs some refining and just some general downsizing. But other than that, meh. I don't know if it would still be good because it's been outside for a long time and it's definitely like cracking all over the place, Yeah, which the one that I made and kept has cracked some as well. I was expecting it to. It it hasn't gotten any like really big ones yet that I think I need to put a bow tie in, Mm -hmm. but they, they still, it's still cracking a little bit. So I'm kind of interested to see if it's going to stop cracking or if it's just going to keep going. And if it does... You know, rem- how bad is it getting? I was thinking about this the other day when remember we were talking a couple weeks ago about the um, the shaper origin thing that handheld CNC. Router. Oh, yeah. I think that mm-hmm. would be actually the best thing for it would be doing like butterflies. Yeah, because you could just set it wherever and be like, go butterfly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would just like litter my pieces with butterflies. <laughs> if I had yeah, that, that would thing. be a good one. Start a menagerie I- on my. I don't know if that's what it is. For real. I don't know if that's what that's called. <laughs> I was about to say. It sounds about right, I know right? it's not sexual, but it sounded sexual. <laughs> this episode's taking a turn. We need it Ben is. here to All keep right. us straight. He's like our dad or something. I know. I think that's what it is. He's like, our, he keeps us grounded yep. and just keeps like us in normal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So. You got a question? We're going to oh, our no. current obsessions now. I don't, I mean, I guess I have a question. What are you, what is your current obsession? My current obsession or is asking questions and that's what's yours because I haven't thought of one yet. Okay. I've got two things. Number one, I just want to shout out Paul Jackman. He made a really cool video this week. I don't know if you've seen it, but he made one of those, uh, he's calling it a living wall frame, but oh, it's essentially yeah. one of those like wall mounted, like you can put moss or you can put all, any kind of like greenery in there and it just like grows on the wall instead yeah. of, you know, vertically. I just wanted to shout him out. I think that video was really cool. It wasn't a big furniture project. So I just want to say, Paul, if you're listening, don't feel obligated. Small projects are still good. You killed it. Mike loves And then you. second, yeah, man, <laughs> lo- love from, from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then secondly, um, I've been looking at getting myself a nice 35 millimeter camera. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to be going on a few trips here recently. I'm going on a trip this weekend, so it's a little late for that. 
But just in general, I've got some trips planned for this year, and I want to shoot some film just because, A, it's like it's cool and nostalgic, but I think it's good for like really keeping memories because mm-hmm. actually having the film tangible and like having a place and storing it is good because I drop and break phones all the time yeah. and lose a lot of data. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, an I've actual film getting, camera. Yeah, like a 35 mil. I'm thinking about getting. Do they make new ones? There's a. Uh, they do make some new ones, but I'll probably get a, uh, a Pentax K1000 is what I'm looking at getting. Okay. It's like a really, it's a really simple SLR. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't have like as many options as a lot of others, but then again, I think that's a good thing for it being an entry into film Yeah, is the less options I have to get confused by the better, you know? Yeah. Now, have you thought about. Have you ever looked into like the small mirrorlesses? I have, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I have. Oh, you do? Is, that's what I run is a, uh, that's what I make all my videos on is a Sony uh, RX100 oh, yeah. Mark V, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's it's a, it's a mirrorless in this uh, like point and shoot Yeah, it's got body. a fixed lens on it. Or, you know, not fixed, but a not detachable lens. Exactly. And I thought that was kind of like... That was one of my big things when I bought it was I didn't know if I would be happy with it because I couldn't switch out lenses. Uh-huh. But for what I'm doing, it's not it couldn't even be a better thing yeah, because it's, quick, huh? it's just forcing me to just run and gun and not worry about it. If I'm not worrying about it, then it's not an issue, you know? Yeah. That's a pretty nice little camera for the, like, you know, a lot of people probably think like, "Oh, those cameras with those lenses are cheap ones or yeah. whatever." That's a nice camera. It is. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed by it. The whole reason I bought it though was because it can shoot like at crazy frame rates. Uh-huh. At like 20 times slow motion, like super slow. Uh-huh. But I've just really never used it. <laughs> I thought I would use it all the time, but it's just I don't know, for the style of video I'm making is I'm trying to get as much info in as little time as possible. Yeah. And super slow motion doesn't really attribute a lot of, you know, <laughs> doesn't right. add to that as well. So that was, that was one of the reasons that I was so interested in the GH5 also was it does really good slow motion. Yeah. And, um, I actually, so I, I tested it out for the first time on like my ending shots for the, the next couple of videos that I have coming out and mm-hmm. I put it on the slider cause it's almost impossible Ooh, to move yeah. a slider really slow. But so I put it on that and then slow it down like eight times and it comes out looking good. Like it looks like Very you have like cool. a really nice motorized slider. Yeah. So yeah, because when you try and move a slider really slow, it always ends up being like jumpy. Yeah, it's like impossible. Mm-hmm. You need a robot to do that. Yep. Um, That's cool. So do you think you're going to be able to like integrate it more oh, into for sure, like yeah. just general production? Yeah, I'll definitely be able to use it for just like little odds and ends here and there. And then yeah. also like when get those I, Vimeo shots. Yep. Well, when I when I did the Xbox project, and so the people who filmed it, they came out and they had nice cameras when they were filming their video. They had a red mm-hmm. camera. Which Ooh, is, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, $30,000 or something grade. stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the shots that they took, they actually like slowed it down just a half speed of me woodworking and it was handheld. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like that, that'd be <laughs> awesome to have somebody actually filming me. Like it looks like so much more epic, but it does. Yeah. Obvi- yeah. I'm, I don't want to get too crazy. Cause yeah, if you start, if you start getting too nuts, then like it's kind of impossible to fully focus on building a cool project and making a cool video. So Yeah. And then again, it's like you're trying to wonder, like, where is the audience focus at? Are they just like, ooh, that's a cool shot. Ooh, that's nice. Or are they like, oh, like actually like following along with what you're building? Yeah, it's probably going to make you like half as productive and you're not going to double the benefit that you're getting from it. So it probably doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. So 
Was there two things that you had, or oh no, you named them both? Yeah, and I said them. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you obsessed with? So for me, I got another music pick this week, and this is Dang. again an album that came out a couple weeks ago by a band I've been listening to them for a, I don't know one or two years now. Uh, they're called Future Islands. I don't know if you ever heard mm, of them or not. Yeah, you know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just came out with a new album called The Far Field. Um, probably I don't know three or four weeks ago. They're kind of I would describe them as I think that they get the 80s kind of label slapped on him yeah. a lot it's just that like that kind of synth pop kind of influence yeah but the it's funny because the singer is like very theatrical the way that he sings and they have like you know very good pop sensibilities good good uh, melodies and everything so that's definitely a good album that everybody should go check out and um i think the the standout track for me on that is called either run or ran i can't remember but yeah. Just ch- you know, if you're wondering, just go to YouTube and, and search "Future Islands Run or Ran," whatever it was. And that's just going to be your new segment. We're just going to have you do an album of the week. Yep, album of the week. Future it could be Islands. new. It can be old. <laughs> it's just Dark gonna, side of the like, moon. We're just going to learn so much about your like music taste. I'm going to have to start getting more into music again, man. Come up yeah, with a pick real. every week. Yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. Well, if you enjoyed the podcast and aren't subscribed, you're making a big mistake because you're missing episodes probably. Left so and go right. ahead and subscribe. Exactly, because we're putting out two a week. Yep. Speaking of, we're going to have a very interesting weekend show. Uh, ben is gone and at a conference doing all kinds of stuff, but he is also interviewing some really interesting people that most of you guys should already probably know. Um, so this weekend, we've got, we're going to have a really cool interview. We're going to save who it is. It's going to be a little bit of a surprise, but look forward to that. It'll be a one-on-one with Ben. I haven't gotten to hear it yet, so I'm really interested to check it out. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be great. Ben's really good at, you know, talking to people. So that's good. He's a deep thinker. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just over here keeping it on the surface. Ben's yep. diving. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the, that's a kid. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, Borat. I don't even know what, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah, it's time. That's just more of that yeah. surface level, just mumbo jumbo. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank you guys a lot for listening. We'd love a review. Like we said, if you give us a five-star review and ask us a question, we promise to answer it so long as it's halfway appropriate at least. Yep. And uh, if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do that. Just record it on your phone, email it to modernmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Whether that's a hypothetical, a topic suggestion, let us know. Finally, uh, unless we have anything else, you good, Chris? I think we're good to go. Yeah. And uh, keep us updated with your two by four project. For sure. We, uh, We've been getting a lot of hashtags lately, or a lot of tags at least. Yeah. So keep them coming because they're they're really cool, and I'm excited to see what y'all come up with. We'll see you next week on the Modern Maker Podcast. Right, I'm going to eat primary, everybody. See ya. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, All right. That one was that was a weird outro. Sorry for that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine.